Acts chapter 1. When Brother Andy asked if I would speak on the wisdom of Joseph, I said, sure. And then I asked him, I know what you're thinking. Acts chapter 1, what in the world are you doing, man? Um, There's a gentleman by the name of Joseph called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, that we're going to read about in Acts chapter 1. And I did clear with Brother Andy, so I'm not, I don't believe I'm taking you off guard here. No, I'm going, okay. So we're going to be looking at the wisdom of Joseph. And we're going to see that this, this gentleman, the Lord used him greatly in the Lord's assembly in Acts chapter 1. Um, you might even say that he's an unsung hero and a person who achieved great things or acts of bravery. Self-sacrifice, yet is not celebrated. He wasn't in it for fortune and glory. This, this man exercised true wisdom in the Lord's assembly. Wisdom, the application of godly knowledge in the affairs of life. We've heard different definitions of wisdom, uh, but that's the that's the definition I, I go by uh, through personal study. The application the God the application of godly knowledge in the affairs of life. I got an extra minute and a half or so. I'm just so excited. So let's read let's read if you would please in Acts chapter one and verse twenty. We'll start there. For it is written in the book of the Psalms, this is Peter speaking to the 120, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his, and, and his bishopric or his office let another take. This is, he's speaking of Judas Iscariot. Wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus Christ went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day, that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they, the, the church, the assembly, they appointed two, Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Again, the wisdom of Joseph. You see a problem here. There's a, there's a conflict in the, in, the, in the assembly here. And if you have people, you're not going to be very long before you start having conflict, right? Uh, they had an issue, and Judas, of course, had fallen. And there was a, a natural post that had been presented. Some people might have had two or three different opinions of how this should have gone with 120 or so in the room. You might have had 120,000 different ideas of how this was supposed to go. So you can see the, the potential here for conflict. You see a, a, a potential then for at least, if there's going to be at least two, uh, two men that were going to be taken seriously in this post, that you could have at least two different groups deciding how this was going to go or how that was going to go. Maybe Joseph, called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, had many family members or friends. Maybe, uh, maybe he, we don't know, maybe he had a certain post in the community. Maybe he had certain influences in the community. Likewise, Matthias as well. You can see how that it would be difficult for these, for these men to settle these things. Two men, one post. How in the flesh could they resolve these things? And it's desirable for men in the flesh or people in the flesh. And if you think that, that, that you're exempt from this, don't you like to be celebrated a little bit? People do, you know, wishing one another happy birthday and, and recognition. 
a possibility for esteem and, and, and to be honored, you could see how that this could have torn that early church straight in half, this potential conflict. But we see godly wisdom exercised here in this man. I, in my notes, I have him as JBJ. So if you want to write the wisdom of JBJ in your notes, then, then feel free to also. You notice here also that within this problem, that these problem as, as problems uh, have are, are dealt with among men, flawed sinners. Both of these men, Matthias and JBJ, Joseph, Barsabbas, Justice, were sinners. They were flawed. They had obvious uh, deficiencies in being people. And, 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 and that would bring some interesting elements into the game, wouldn't it, also? If they were, if they were considering which of these two men, uh, well, if you were siding with Matthias, you might easily see the warts on Joseph's nose, right? And likewise, if for Joseph, you would have seen, you know, maybe the crooked way that Matthias walked and, and what have you. People, people have different ideas of, of who think, how things should go, and they, sometimes they don't see their own flaws. And it could have been possible for Joseph called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, to start preferring himself and, and to start promoting himself and, and to say, you know what, I am the right man for this post. And by the way, this is why Matthias is not the right man for this post. But we don't see that in Scripture, not at all. We also, it's, it's interesting, if, if we look at people's names, sometimes people think they should have something going their way because of who they are. Maybe they don't say it out loud, but, but perhaps... In, in, in their mannerisms and in their behavior, you can say, well, don't you know who I am? I should get my way. You ever experienced or run into somebody like that? Don't you know who I am? Well, I, I, I'm Joseph, meaning Je Jehovah shall add. I, I'm Joseph Barsabbas, meaning son, son of Saba, which means to decline or, or, or desire rather to incline or be willing to, to, to will without hindrance. Well, I'm, I'm justice. I'm, I'm just. I, I, just consider who I am, you know, by name and reputation. Think of who I am. Matthias, his name meaning gift of God. So you see two men by name and reputation that they may have had cause to, to have strife and envy, division here. In reputation, don't you know who I am? People think that they, they should deserve certain things based on who they think they are. We know that these, both of these men, as far as men go, were men that were reputable. If you look again at the qualifications that were for this post, in verses 21 and 22, Wherefore of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, so this is a person that heard the teachings of Jesus Christ. They saw his miracles. They, they were around him on a regular basis. These, these were men that were seasoned with the wisdom of God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. Beginning from the baptism of John, this is a person who is going to understand, at least as well as they did at that time, the, the, the goings-on and the ins and outs of the local church. This is unto the same day that he was taken up from us. Yes, this is a person that was an eyewitness uh, accountant uh, of the ascension. But what happened in between there? This is also a person that, that from and to in that Mark chapter 16 dark time when they're huddled together and they had seen the Lord Jesus Christ die and they hoped against hope, both of those men were there. These were stout-hearted men, both of them. Both of them. So you could see then how it would be very easy. Can you put yourself in the room? Can you put yourself in the, in the skin of Joseph called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice? 
how you might think, you know what? It should be me. It should be me. It should be me. What happened here? What was the potential issue? Well, again, there's division, you know. Two men, one post. There was a there was a, a potential for a catastrophe in the Lord's assembly. What happens in churches today? People think they should get their way because of who I am, what I want, who what my neighbor represents, what my qualifications are, what what things I know, what things I have witnessed in, in spiritual encounters. People really, and I say people, being a person, people really have a fine idea. Of how things ought to be, but we are we are conscious toward ourselves, aren't we, by nature? But look at the wisdom here. People get so offended when they don't get what they want. People take sides and they drive wedges. It doesn't say that Joseph, called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, did that at all. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 27, it says, An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is a there is as a burning fire did. Joseph, called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, exercised himself as an ungodly man or as a wise man. In Romans chapter 16, if you would turn and set your eyeballs upon this, Romans chapter 16, look at the potential. Look at, look at what Paul is warning against to the, the church at Rome there. In Romans chapter 16 and verse 17, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Praise God for the wisdom that was granted unto Joseph, called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice. In Galatians chapter 5, you see a list there of the, the works of the flesh. And of the things that are listed, you have the word strife. And that word strife means electioneering or intriguing for office. Think about election time, these debates and people bullying for office, putting themselves forward. Again, this is in no wise an attribute of godly wisdom, nor is it an attribute that Joseph put forth here in Acts chapter 1. He was a man that, and we're going to see how his wisdom was applied here in various forms, but, but just think for a moment. And due to lack of wisdom, how many churches have been plundered? How many churches have, have just have, have, have divided and divided and divided and divided themselves out of existence because they lack the wisdom to express unity for Christ's sake, for the gospel's sake, for love's sake? Promoting self. Promotion of self can rip a church apart. It can, it can rip a family apart. It will rip a nation apart. Division. How many families have been destroyed because one prefers themselves over another? But here, but look at this. I want you to look back in Acts chapter 1 and verse 12. See, see how quickly things can happen. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 12, they had just seen the risen Savior by the eye ascend up into glory. And in verse 12, read this. Then they then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. How far is that? It's less than a mile. You know, we, th this has been a wonderful conference, one of the finest I've ever been to in my life. But please don't think that, that pride and strife and division can't creep into our hearts even before we make it to our vehicles. Right. Church, be careful. And I'm speaking here 
to Grace Baptist Church. Be careful that these things not enter in. It is so it is so easy for us to to be self-centered and self-motivated and think that we have all the answers by name and reputation. And maybe and brother Pack, you've been picked on for your wisdom. Brother Pack, don't let don't let envy and strife and pride enter in that you may be one that that you would even be possible that you would cause division. I'm begging you. I beg you. It could happen to any and all. I expect Satan would have loved for Joseph called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, to have just a little bit of that devilish pride in him that day. Wouldn't that have been amazing? Wouldn't that have been fun for Satan to just rip that church apart right after they were told? Look at this. In verse 8, by the Lord Jesus Christ, but you shall receive power or ability after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. And then a mile down the road, they fraction apart. Wouldn't Satan have just loved that? Think about that. Think about it. When strife and division come in, whose work is that? It's not God's work. Satan would have loved to antagonize sinners in their flesh against one another. Husbands and wives, Satan loves to have y'all just fighting with one another. And I'm, I'm a husband. My wife's sitting back there. Satan just loves that. Mm-hmm. To detract, listen, to the church or to diminish the value of their purpose. We just read it. They had a great purpose, but how quickly purpose can be set aside for self-interest. To detract from their unity. Look, look if you would please, in verse 13, read them, verse 13. And when they were come in, they went up in the upper room, and there abode Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. Oh, what couldn't have happened then? You see them names there? See how great they are, men. That's who they are. These all continued with one accord in prayer and in supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. In those days, Peter stood in the midst of his disciples and said, dot, dot, dot. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But how quickly their unity could have just been splintered, fractured, broken. Our uh, daughter, we were staying with the, the, the uh, uh, brother James and, and, and sister Stephanie, and my, our daughter dropped a plate and it went in how many pieces? It seemed like 10,000. That could happen in a day. It almost did. With people who walked with Christ. But the wisdom Joseph showed by God here. Look at this. To distract from their individual hardness. You ever been in a group when, when maybe you don't have a side? You just, you just, maybe you just want to show up and praise the Lord and ask Him for guidance and adore Him and live your life trusting the Lord and doing what He says. But maybe you've been around somebody and, and and through explosion and divisiveness and all this kind of stuff, maybe maybe it just quenched just a little bit of that fire that you have that you want to serve the Lord. You ever been around somebody like that? Joseph could have done that to somebody. Just squashed them, taken their heart. How quickly does the flesh enter in? But consider the power of unity, the power of unity. Look at it was mentioned in Second John. Look over in Second John, if you would, please. I love this little book. We're, we're studying through it at home. In 2 John, verses 5 and 6, Now I beseech thee, lady, I believe it's the local church there, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, 
that we love one another. He's talking to this local assembly as a group, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after His commandments. That's not me walking one way and the other church the members there where I pastor walking another way. That's us together, walking together in His commandments, following Him. Unity. The love of God promotes unity in the church of the living God. It promotes unity. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it together. Walk in it. Yes, as individuals and together. How beautiful. How beautiful is unity. It's wonderful. In unity, in unity in the Spirit, here in this local assembly, in the first chapter of the book of Acts, there is no ill will, there is no strife, there is no envy, there is no bitterness, there is no hatefulness, there is no ugliness. It's the people of God desiring to serve the living God. And in a peaceable way, in a wise way, this unsung hero, he showed great wisdom. Well, how did he do it? If you go back and look at verse 20, in verse 20, it says, Peter, again, for it is written in the book of the Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no, let no man dwell therein and take his bishopric and let, and let his bishopric let another take. How did he exercise wisdom? He submitted to God's word. You want to be a wise church member? You submit to God's word in all things. Yeah. Not in some things, not in suitable things, not in things that affect other people, but not you. Submit to God in all things. That's the standard. God, He, the Lord, the Lord gave His word through holy men, and He gave it for His people to be a, 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 the instrument they were to live by, to trust the Lord and to do what He says. What a, what a wise thing. How simple is that? You go back to the garden. The Lord put Adam and Eve in the garden. Amen. I'm God. Do what I say. Right? Isn't that what he said? I'm God. Do what he said. That's what God said to Adam and Eve. I, I'm the Lord. I'm God. Not you. Do what I say. This is the garden. I gave you a wife. Do what I say. And that, that blueprint of behavior is the same for the people of God today. He is God. We are not. We're to do what he says. Thank God for, for wisdom and instruction that he has given. May God's people desire true wisdom that we would apply the things and commands that we have given by God himself from his word, that we'd actually apply it in our lives. It says one man, one man for this office, another will take one man. He submitted to God's will. They cast lots. This wasn't a majority vote. They cast lots. So this man, it might not have been what he wanted. You know, some people might say that, oh, he didn't want that anyway. He might have been relieved not to be the, 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 the apostle there. But he submitted to God's will either way, didn't he? Some people, they're okay with how things go until they don't get their way. Then they want to change the rules and change the playbook and change how things go. You know, they want to change the bylaws or whatever so that their needs are, 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 are met. He didn't do this. He submitted to God's will. One man, they cast lots, and he submitted to that. I'm not advocating that you go to submitting, uh, casting lots, but I am advocating you submit to God's will. Yes. We are not to just be okay with the providence of God when it suits our needs, but we are to be thankful in the providence of God. And that's sometimes more difficult to live than it is to speak. But there is Joseph called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice. What else did he do? He submitted to God's work, the Lord's church. You see, when these, these, uh, these 
two were appointed here, as we read back in, in verse 23, the assembly there had, had put forth by their wisdom and their examination based on what Peter said to, uh, to select these two men for the, this office. And then after that, it says in verse 26, and they gave forth their lots and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. But the church also recognized that. So the church submitting to the will of God, then the work then going forward. What was the work of the apostles supposed to be? He was going to be a testifier and witness of the resurrection. That's what it says in verse 22. So in submitting to the word of God and submitting to the will of God, he submits to the work of God, to church authority. Again, sometimes... People believe in church authority as long as the majority is going along with what they think. Have you ever supported the work of God, the, the, the church of the living God, but done so when you were not in the majority? Well, that takes wisdom. That takes wisdom to apply godly knowledge. Now, if, if, if Brother Andy gets up here and says that y'all ought to start handling snakes or something like that, and the majority goes along with it, by all means, and the minority, make your voice heard. <laughs> Please, something like that, please. But submit to the work of God. You know, people have a, a hard time submitting, don't they? And that word submit just keeps coming up and up. Wisdom in the Lord's assembly, we are to submit and humble ourselves to one another. We really are. Submitting to the work of God. Well, that means if this church, if they decided, you know what, we're going to start meeting at 8 o'clock in the morning instead of 10 o'clock, well, church authority be here at 8. That means if they decide, if y'all decide uh, by majority, if you, you know, instead of meeting on Wednesday night, you're going to meet on Friday night. Be here on Friday night. See, submitting to, to uh, the Lord's work, it might not be everything you like, but submitting to the Lord's work. If, the, if this church has voted, and Brother Leroy was, uh, was telling me that y'all uh, have a public ministry, I, he said open air, I said public, and there was confusion there. But if, you're, if, you, if this church has voted to, and you all go out on, on open air ministry, be there. Submit to church authority. Be part of that function. That's sometimes more difficult to, to, to do, again, uh, than it is just to speak about in principle. But wisdom is the application of knowledge, not just knowing it's right, but, but doing those things. Submitting to one another. Look at this again in, in verses 22 through 26. This is a church process. And, and Joseph, called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, he submitted, yes, to the church, but he also submitted to them as individuals as well. And sometimes we could say, oh, yes, the church, I submit to the church. But we forget to look people in the eye and see them as individuals and as, as servants being a help and a servant to one another. Joseph called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, I believe, I believe, was a was submitted to the group as individuals, but also in the group. What else did he submit to? He submitted to the workman. The workman. What do we mean by that? The pastor. Now I don't believe Brother Andy is a perfect man. Are you a perfect man, Brother Andy? I don't believe Brother Andy's a perfect man. But I trust the Lord. Look, if you would, please, in Hebrews chapter 13. I want you to see something. and Maybe, maybe this is difficult to, to see or difficult to hear. May, may it be plain. In Hebrews chapter 13, and Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, it says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. 
but only when you agree. You know, some people have an idea of submitting to somebody is when they when they say what I like, then if I do it, then I'm submitting to myself. No. In the home, my wife submits to me when she disagrees with me, but it does what I say anyway. And I'm not to be a tyrant or abuse that. So please hear that. But submission is when we're not getting our way, but we, we do it anyway. Right. That's what submission is. Submitting. Submit, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. I don't believe Brother Andy would tell you to do something that he thought would hurt you eternally in any way. I don't I really don't believe that. Is he perfect? No. But would he tell you to do something that would hurt you eternally in any way? I don't believe so. As they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. It's a heavy thing, this office that he has as the Lord's workman. And it might have been a very heavy thing for Joseph, called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, for, for him to hear Peter, who, you know, old loudmouth over there, who always had something to say. Oh, you know, oh, Peter, oh, oh cursing tongue Peter over there. For him, you know, well, I, I, I've been with Peter for three and a half years. I know what a jerk he can be. I'm better than him. Who's he to tell me what to do? He's God's workman, proclaiming God's word through God's work. He's the same Peter that in Luke chapter 22, the Lord said, when you're restored, strengthen the brethren. He's the same Peter that in John chapter 21, he said, feed my sheep. He's the same Peter that in Second Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5, knew full well what it meant to take the oversight as the chief shepherd was on his way, taking the care and the responsibility. So great wisdom here that Joseph called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, exercised. He submitted to God, Jesus Christ, in that command that they would love one another. He submitted in all these things. I want you to tell me where the conflict is. Again, put yourself in that room. What would your desires have been? If you grew up with one or the other, or one or the other was your brother or cousin, there was a time where this mama said, hey, can one of my boys sit on your left hand on the other on the right? And the others, they murmured amongst one another. You see how that, this could have fractured that early church if they lived in the flesh? Imagine how many disasters could be avoided among the Lord's assemblies throughout the ages if they showed just a measure of the wisdom that Joseph called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, showed in Acts chapter 1. Just a measure of it. They were numbered. Again, who, who numbered them? The Lord's assembly, they numbered them. But the Spirit, by the casting of, of the lots, the Spirit evidenced that there was th this, this one that was to be added to that post. And what I wanted you to notice about that is the Spirit never numbers in division. He, the Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't exercise mathematics that way. It doesn't divide. Does the Holy Spirit divide? I guess is it, I don't believe the Holy Spirit to be a, a, a divisive uh, God. He's not, he is God, and He's not divisive. Not among God's people. Being led of the Spirit, the body does not should not number itself that way anyway. The Holy Spirit, I don't believe, divides the Lord's church ever in any way. It's not it's not the Spirit of God that brings division. I'm going to go a step further and say that it's satanic, satanic. What do you mean? Being offended, Satan drew away a third of the host of the angels in Revelation chapter 12. In pride, he was offended, and he drew away. He brought division. Joseph 
called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, did not draw away some of the church in Jerusalem because he did not get his way and his name was not called. There was no Jerusalem A, Jerusalem B. You ever heard anything like that? There was no Jerusalem A, Jerusalem B. Please look carefully, if you would, at Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. After the wisdom of Joseph, called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, God exercised that wisdom in him. Look at chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They came out stronger on the other side, didn't they? Mm -hmm. That's what it seems like. From Acts chapter 1 through the rest of the book, does it seem like the the church got stronger or weaker after chapter 1? Stronger. The The Lord used that wisdom that he gave. Joseph called Barsabbas surnamed Justice, and he used it in a mighty way. So children of God, I've got some questions for you, some statements. Truly, can you see how Joseph called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, how the Lord just poured out wisdom upon him in that day? It, it might seem just a regular old day in a lot of church services, you know, now, but th- this, this was an important day in church history. It really was. What an example. This early church, facing great contest, great potential for disaster, continued in one accord in one place, avoiding division. And you never read his name ever again in the Word of God. He wasn't out to set, you know, set himself up as some kind of leader over here or over there. This is a man in exercise wisdom. How greatly this man could have just brought great harm to the Lord's assembly. How, 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 how greatly this man could have brought uh, absolute harm to the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. People could have been so busy about politics over here that they forgot to go had this man not exercised godly wisdom. Now, we're not to worship Joseph, called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice, but I sure admire him a whole lot. I do. And I and I pray for this church that, that the men in this church would behave themselves as I pray for those at home that the men there would behave themselves in just a measure as Joseph, called Barsabbas, surnamed Justice. You see how the Lord is glorified in all these things? He didn't call attention to himself. As you keep reading through the book of Acts, again, the the whole account of the book of Acts is the broadcasting of the gospel. Any kind of division takes away from that, doesn't it? I mean, put that in any scenario. You see a ball team and they're out there fighting amongst themselves on the field. How, How concentrated are they on winning the game? You have a husband and wife bickering at one another. How concentrated are they on having a love and caring marriage picturing the Lord Jesus Christ and his bride? Put that in the church. How concentrated are they on the gospel, on on the commission? In every appearing of division, strife, and envy, there there should be a zero-tolerance policy on that. A zero-tolerance policy. Oh, man, Joseph, man, you could have had it. Man, you were that close. It's done with. The church, it's done. It's over. We got things to worry about. Get out of here with that stuff. We're submitting to God's word. We're submitting to God's will. We're submitting to God's work, to God's workman who cares for us. Let's go tell people how Jesus Christ died for the ungodly, rose again. He's coming back soon. We're to submit ourselves to such an attitude, to such wisdom. 
And that, of course, would cause us to leave aside any kind of selfish ambition. We ought to be like this unsung hero, this wise unsung hero, a person who achieved for the cause of Christ great things of self-sacrifice. And I don't believe he'd want to be celebrated. I believe he would encourage us today. Tell tell someone, go tell someone how gracious the Lord Jesus Christ is. Sinner, you're not wise. You know, there's a wisdom exercise in here. You're not wise. And in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, The fools despise wisdom and instruction. If, If he was a foolish man then he would have wanted self and promotion of self, and he'd have been okay with, with the whole, uh, the whole um, assembly just breaking apart as long as he got what he wanted. Some people are okay with that. Amen. Children of God, don't be foolish. Sinners, you are fools. You desire to promote yourself. You're just like Satan. You uh, act just like a child of the devil. I will be like the Most High. That was the problem Adam and Eve had. They wanted to be like the Most High eating that stuff. You're no better. You're worse. You've been told. You've, you've, you've heard Scripture, and yet you still continue with that attitude. But I would encourage you to seek wisdom. Back in that in chapter 1 and verse 8 of the book of Acts, he says, You shall receive power that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Let me tell you about it. God in the flesh. God in the flesh. Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived an impeccable life. He could not sin, would not sin. I'm a sinner. And when I say that, I, you know, sometimes words get used so many times that they tend to lose their, their punching power. I, I, I was born the enemy of God, and I enjoyed it. You ever had an enemy before? You ever have some kind of attitude against your enemy? I can't believe they do that to me. I can't believe whatever. whatever, whatever. God, the holy God, spoke, and I shook my fist at him just in my living I deserve to die, and I deserve to burn in judgment my entire existence throughout all eternity. But Jesus Christ coming in the form of a man, he he took on flesh and blood, it says in Hebrews chapter 2. In 2 Corinthians 5, he became sin for us, but I say, I narrow it down to me, he became sin for me, who knew no sin. That I might be made the righteousness of God in him. How did that happen? God judged him instead of judging me. That's how I know how sinful I am. He judged his own son. He spared not his own son. Romans chapter 8. And when he cried out it is finished, that judgment that I deserve, being satisfied by God, he died, was buried, and rose again. And the satisfaction that that brings, only Christ can bring. In the mind of God, he shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Your wisdom, which proves to be foolish, says that in some way you can please God. And I'm going to tell you, you can't. But Christ can. I encourage you to repent of your foolishness and seek the wisdom of God in Christ, trusting He and He alone. Believe the gospel, and by the power of God be saved. May the Lord bless the preaching of His word.